Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? What's up, strugglers? And welcome to War Rocket Ajax. My name is Chris Sims. With me, as always, is Matt Wilson. And this is the Internet's most destructive comic book... No. No. And this is the Internet's most explosive comic book and pop culture podcast. Matt, what do you think? That's my new intro. <laughs> where you start to do the old intro and then Not say the no. Part where I mess it up and you cut it out and we don't talk about it. <laughs> But I feel like a lot of people have made a lot of money saying, like, what's up, gamers? That's and true. And what's up, comic book readers and pop culture enjoyers doesn't quite have the same um, same cadence to it. So I think what's up, strugglers, is the is, is where it's at. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's no, like, centralized place that you can say what's up to as a podcaster. Like, you could only say, like, what's up, podcast land, which is lame. But you can't be like, what's up, YouTube? What's which, up, ears? <laughs> what's up, ears? But uh, I, I think every famous and popular YouTuber says, what's up, YouTube? What, what's up, YouTube and what's up, gamers are the ones that I think get over the most. So Yeah. So let me know what you think, listeners. You're you're the ones whose opinions matter. Just kidding, it's me and Matt. Do you think do you think anyone would choose this show to be what it is other than the two of us? <laughs> Absolutely the weird, not. The weird thing is that we didn't really choose it either. It just kind of became this. It it we we all have our burdens to bear. Matt. It's true. It's true. And we have a delightful burden <laughs> this week. That's right. We have a, actually not a burden at all. We are talking to uh, a good friend of ours, someone who makes great comics, but also is just a fun guest to talk to. Uh, Kel McDonald is on the show this week to talk about uh, their new Kickstarter for their new book, Murky Water, which everybody listening to this should go back and support. Uh, not only because you'd be supporting Kel, but because it is a very cool story with a very cool premise, and we will talk about that, as well as uh, being asked philosophical questions that we really get into trying to figure out the answers to. Because uh, Kel brought questions for us, and it's a fun time. Love that for us. But before we get to that, Chris, we do have some business that we must take care of that first week ever. Yes. That first order of business is thanking our new supporters on the website, Patreon. You said it was a website. Uh huh. Yeah. So now like that, that makes it difficult to do my bit because you definitively identify what we're talking about. Well, I said the, I said Patreon's a website, but you access that website by going to gimmick street. The, well, you can access patreon.com slash Ajax from many places. Yes. One of those places is going to be 670 Gimmick Street. So okay. if you are in the Gimmick Street area, if you're driving down Gimmick Street, you've gotten past... 
You've gone past, just off the top of my head, Kevin Nash's house, Master Roshi's house, the bridge where Phil Collins saw that guy see that guy die, an adult toy store, but not a non-erotic adult toy store. Right. But also a porn store. <laughs> a porn store slash mattress store. Slash because mattress store. We 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 said it was a mattress store last week, but it's a porn store too. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's at six nice. Right. Yeah. It's 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 a uh, it's it's dual usage. It's one on top of the other. Right. Which would you would you rather be above, like a ground floor porn store or on the ground floor with a second floor porn store? In my head, I immediately saw that the the mattress store was on the ground level and the porn store was above it. Well, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, one of those items is easier to move down a flight of stairs. Yeah, yeah. One category of those items, I guess. If but you're buying one me. porno, it's easier to <laughs> take downstairs. If you're buying one unit of porno... <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, folks, do you think anyone else would make the show this way? That doesn't matter, though. That's across the street. <coughs> this... <laughs> oh, it's getting you. Been a long week, huh, Matt? It's 670 Gimmick Street. Across the street from the mattress... From Mattress and Porn World. Is... I mean, you know what it is, Matt. It's the public showers. Don't you know what? You know what? Don't go there. <laughs> Do not Stop going to six seventy gimmick street. Why don't you just stay home, get on your internet connected device of choice, and kick in as little as a dollar a month to help me and Matt keep the show going and help us pay those gimmicks they keep sending in the mail called bills at patreon.com slash warrocketajax. That's right, Chris. And here are our newest supporters over on Patreon. There's only one name to read out. It's Pizza Tea Party. Thank you, Pizza. Thank you so much for all you've done for me. I appreciate it so much. Pizza Tea Party is what gets us all through life. Is it Pizza Initial Tea Party or is it Pizza Tea as in the beverage party? Because you can have a pizza party or a tea party. That's true. It's the initial tea, though. Okay, that makes sense because the other kind has kind of been been ruined a little bit. Fair. Um, if you would like to be like Pizza Tea Party, uh, do what Chris said and head over to Patreon.com/slash/WarrocketAjax and kick in as little as one dollar per month to make sure that we do this show every week, that we do our Every Story Ever specials monthly, that we do Comics Catch Up monthly, that we do Movie Fighters and Snack Situation. All of those shows are made possible by your support on. Patreon. And as a patron, you get every single one of those shows completely ad-free. You get your own special feed on Patreon where you get all of our podcasts delivered to you with no ads. You can also get other cool stuff. You can get bonus content that we create, whether it be outtakes that I cut from the show, stuff we record special for Patreon, 
writing that Chris and I have done over there on Patreon, all of that is there in the bonus content category on Patreon. If you've never been a patron before, you can get quite a bit of existing bonus content as soon as you sign up. It's all there, and you can check it all out, dating back for quite a while. There's line-stepping privileges for our segments right now, Every Story Ever, and Thursday Night Raw. You can step to the front of the line uh, for those things. Well, not the front of the line, but the contingent of people who are at that level, there's a separate line for them. It's like when you have the VIP pass at Disney. You can also get physical rewards. Uh, Our 2024 t-shirt is being designed right now, and it is going to be very fun and very enjoyable. So if any of that sounds cool to you, head over to Patreon and help us out. If you are unable to help us monetarily, you can help us out in other ways. Leave us a five-star review on the podcasting app that you use. That would help us out a whole bunch. Or spread the word about the show, word of mouth, get the the word about War Rocket Ajax out there to your friends and loved ones and uh, let them know that they should listen to the show. With that, Chris, it's time for some checks and ricks. What do you say? Let's do it. Chris, what are you checking in with this week? Matt, I don't actually have a whole lot this week. I've been really busy with work, really busy with some other stuff. Uh, but I do want to say uh, thanks to the folks who reached out, said hi, uh, after my <laughs> quite grumpy check last week. Uh, thank you if you if you said a nice thing. If you just thought a nice thing, also thank you. If you thought mean things, you can kick rocks. Yeah, do go kick rocks. How dare you think mean things about that? Yeah, like why? Why would you even listen? Like, like you don't have to. You can stop. But thank you to everyone who was nice. Matt, uh, what is what are you checking in with this week? What have you been up to, well, Chris? I would like to give an update on the comic that I crowdfunded on Zoop last year. It's called Imposter Syndicate. The artists that I'm working with, uh, Rodrigo Vargas and Antonio Ramos Wong, are still working on the remaining pages in issue two of the book. But issue one has been completed, so if you backed the campaign for the book, you have it now in digital form. It has been emailed to all the backers who got digital copies of the book, and you can go ahead and read issue one now. There is going to be a second issue made, and then that's all going to be bundled together, issues one and two, into the print book that we'll send out to people when it's all done. But I didn't want to make people just sit around and wait for that the first issue was finished. I was like, let's go ahead and send it to everybody that gets a digital copy of the book. So you should have that digital copy. Hopefully you've read it by now. If you haven't read it, go ahead and read it. I think you'll enjoy it even just for the art. The The art by Rodrigo and Antonio is top-notch stuff. So good. Unbelievably good. 
But also, like, I'm proud of the story. I think this is a story that I would love to continue in other ways. And if you follow me on Blue Sky or Instagram, you probably saw where I kind of wrote about that and how, like, crowdfunding the first couple of issues was fine and good. I don't know that it's a viable way to keep what could be a series that goes on for a while going viably. Uh, So I would really like to get that book in front of publishers or editors. If anyone listening to this knows of an editor who is open to pitches like that, to books like that stuff that's kind of in the superhero vein, but is a little bit of a different take on superheroes or, or the concept of superheroes and supervillains. Um, you don't have to put in the good word for me or anything. You could just send me their name and I'll try to get the book in front of them because I think, again, I think it's a worthwhile story. And also I really want Rodrigo and Antonio to be artists who are doing professional published comics work because they're sure good enough and uh, they should, more people should be seeing the work that they've done on this book. Uh, obviously, we will prioritize the Zoop backers who who backed the book and were so gracious and generous, and we'll make sure they get all the rewards that they can. But I would really like to get the ball rolling on on trying to get Imposter Syndicate out there somewhere. So if you have an editor's name, that that can I can start doing. I'm not asking anybody to do any legwork for me. Uh, I can do the legwork, but but if you just want to give me a name or an email address for somebody who might have an interest, uh, hit me up. S- send send an email to the War Rocket Ajax email address, or or hit me up on Blue Sky or or somewhere uh, because I want more people to see that art, man. Agreed. Time for some recommendations. What do you have to recommend, Chris? Matt, I'm still playing Persona 3 Reload. Mm-hmm. It's still good. So that's the recommendation? That's the recommendation. Persona 3 Reload. If you like Persona, you should play it. <laughs> it's, look, sometimes you get these games that are 140-hour games, Matt, and that's going to be what I'm doing. And I'm not gonna, in the words of Paul Heyman, I'm not gonna be like some other companies. I'm not gonna bullshit you. I'm just gonna tell you that that I'm playing Persona 3 Reload, and it's very fun. Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Matt, what what would you like to recommend this week? All right, first, allow me to close the loop on something that I mentioned a couple episodes ago. Uh, You may have noticed that I never streamed that new Silent Hill game that's free. Mm -hmm. It's called Silent Hill The Short Message. Here's why. Um, I played it. I thought I would like at least start playing it just to kind of get an idea of what it was so I wasn't wasting a lot of time on a stream failing (laughs) or like looking around for stuff or whatever. 
I ended up playing that whole game, and uh, I hated it. Wow. Okay. So I won't be streaming it because I was not scared by it, but also I didn't like it. It was about uh, topics that I don't want video games to be about. And I thought the gameplay was not fun. So I said I was going to stream Silent Hill the short message, but I'm not. You can find somebody else streaming it. I'm sure there are other streams. I'm not playing that game again. All right. Sorry. The loop is closed. Uh, loop is closed on that. Uh, now for my actual recommendation. Uh, I actually watched this movie a while back, like over the holidays, but we weren't, it was during the, our little break between the Christmas special and the Gordies. So I wasn't able to recommend it then. And I just haven't thought to recommend it until now. But it is a movie that's been nominated for a few Oscars. I think there's a Best best Actor nomination and a Best Picture nomination, uh, among other things. And uh, it's on Peacock. You can watch it streaming on Peacock right now. And it's it's just like – it's kind of like a throwback. It's kind of like a movie from like 20 or 30 years ago. I guess more like 30 years ago than 20 years ago. Um, but it's called The Holdovers. And it's just about Paul Giamatti as this curmudgeonly uh, classics professor or teacher. He's not even a professor. He's a teacher at a high school. But it's like a private high school. And uh, he ends up being the guy who has to work over the Christmas break. And most of the rich kids at this school get to leave for the Christmas break. But if you have to stay and ultimately just one student ends up staying on campus through the whole Christmas break with him and they like get to know each other and they get to understand each other. And they both kind of like, you know, soften up and, and learn how to care about each other and support one another, even though they both have, you know, kind of harsh exteriors. And uh, it ended up, it ends up just being like a really sweet, good movie. And Paul Giamatti's great in it. And it's funny. So it, it is a Christmas movie, more or less. But I think you can still watch it and enjoy it, even not during the Christmas season. Uh, so. uh, I believe I talked to Benito about this movie on uh on another podcast on Apocrypals. Uh and it's it's a movie you and Benito would like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, you can you can find my letterbox review of it. I think I think I've seen I think I saw yours and Benito's letterbox reviews of it and I could not have guessed either of those. <laughs> any better than what they actually <laughs> they are they are on my feed they were back to back and <laughs> and buddy are they are they endemic of the people they are, they are written by yeah uh i'm not going to write a letterbox review because to me that's working for free but 
uh, I you could consider me someone who enjoyed it, uh, even even if Chris, it's not for him. It's a very no, well acted film. Well, you said there were no swords in it, something to that effect. What I said. If you want me to share my letterboxd review of the holdovers, what I said. You don't have to. You don't have to. People could go read it. What I said was that every time I watch a movie about people having problems, I think about how there's a story oh, where Goku's right. dad got punched so hard that he started seeing the future. And why the human mind can not only conceive of Goku. But also Goku's dad, and Goku's dad getting hit so hard that he can see the future. Why would I want to see a movie about people with problems? Uh, I remember now. I remember now that that's what you said. That that's yeah. what you had. There are no swords in it. Not to my recollection. To, to my recollection, there are no swords. Yeah. Uh, all right. Those are our checks and recs, Chris, which means it's time for us to talk about some comic books. Let's do it. Now dig this, Matt. Y'all know I love stationery. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write in notebooks. Matt, what'd you give me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, and I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a like a text file or whatever. Actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple Pencil with it, I have been doing that on there, and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which I, is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called nanodots. With those nanodots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook, here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper-like and I'm sure it's, it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use. And paper, like, feels good on the iPad. Uh, they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, <laughs> that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a paper-like on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist, 
and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better, this is how you do it. So, to pick up your Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com Ajax, click Buy Paperlike, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax to get started. The winner of the Texture Choice for the week is G.I. Joe, number 304. And specifically, the texts were just two screenshots of speech balloons from the book. These were actual texts. Yes. I texted you bits of text. Because uh, there is Correct. no one in comics better at writing someone on page one talking about the events of last issue than Larry Hama. The <laughs> the prime example of this, I think, is I think it's G.I. Joe like 150. It's either 150 or 151 when uh, it's like. So, Snake Eyes, you broke into the castle and doused Cobra Commander in white phosphorus, which is a war crime. Uh, but this one, the first line is, We've lost all comms with the assassination team of cybernetically enhanced blue ninjas that assaulted the cabin in the Sierras. Yep, that's what happened. That's the events of last issue. No that's right. recap page necessary. That's right. And... They're looking at video. This is this is Serpentor Khan and Dr. Mindbender. They're looking at video of what appears to be Scarlet and Snake Eyes lying on the ground dead. And they're like, well, at least they're dead. Took care of that. Buddy, it is three it is number three hundred and four. Doctor, like Serpentor Khan, maybe not, but Dr. Mindbender, you should know better. <laughs> yeah. And then we immediately cut to Snake Eyes and Scarlet laying on the ground, talking about how they're covered in spaghetti sauce. Yeah. And they have to get Timber to stop licking it, which is highly relatable. Yes. There's also just... There are a couple of word balloons I have thought about getting uh, tattooed on my body. And this is this is now this one maybe even beats uh you're wrong, Batman and Robin will never die. Because uh, this one is just Cobra is facing an existential crisis. <laughs> well here's the thing. G.I. Joe Larry Hama's G.I. Joe, a real American hero. Mm-hmm. Is now a book about competing Cobra factions. Oh yeah, I guess we probably should have mentioned that on page one, Serpentor Khan and Dr. Mindbender are mutant zombies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're mutant zombies. So there's there's the mutant zombie faction of Cobra. And then there's Cobra Commander's growing faction of Cobra. Which he gathers together in Springfield. You know, that town from G.I. Joe number 100. Actually, actually, that's the town from G.I. Joe number 50. The town from G.I. Joe number 100 oh. is Millville. That's right. It's Sorry. It is from G.I. Joe number 50. Uh, but nonetheless, it's... 
Cobra Commander has gathered his Cobra faction together there in Springfield. And then at the end of this issue, we're getting what I think is Cobra faction number three. We get, there's only two. Oh wait, no, there is a third one. <laughs> You're right. There's yeah. a third one. This one, yeah. this one's not Cobra. It, this is Cobra. This is Cobra associates. Right. Yeah. This is Co- the Mars industries faction. Cobra contractors. Yeah. Yeah. Which just goes to show what happens when you treat your freelancers poorly. That's true. Because, I mean, spoiler, it's Destro and Baroness and Zartan get together at the end. Yeah, but... So you're, you're telling me that I could go read this comic where Serpentor Khan and Dr. Mindman are mutant zombies uh-huh. who have cybernetic mutant zombie ninjas that they're sending after Snake Eyes, who fucking talks a lot now. <laughs> he sure does. And and also, Cobra Commander gets on stage talking about an existential crisis, and you want me to watch the holdovers? <laughs> life, life can have different, can go at different speeds. I'm just saying, I know what I want to spend my minutes on. Okay, that's fair. I enjoyed the holdovers. Uh, rules. This comic rules. Chris Mooneyham rules. Yeah, I mean, look. If if you need proof that this rules, we haven't even talked about how the the second Snake Eyes is in this issue. The third Snake Eyes. The, yes, the third Snake Eyes. <laughs> It's a good comic. It's very fun. It's very fun. She is is hanging around in Springfield spying on th- th- that faction of Cobra. Yeah. And sending information back to G.I. Joe about them. Matt, you wanted to talk about Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, a book that I am a little bit behind on. I haven't caught up yet. So uh, I am curious to hear what you thought of this this new issue. Okay. This Jonathan Hickman take on Ultimate Spider-Man is it does this amazing magic trick of being pretty remarkably different from Spider-Man as we know him while also being everything that Spider-Man is. So, Chris, have you read any of this at all? No, I know you. Uh, you definitely uh, endorsed the first issue. Yeah, but I uh, all right I get to catch up on it. All right, so okay, let me tell you the differences between this and Spider-Man as we know him, and why I think this version of the Ultimate Universe is already way better than the original Ultimate Universe. Because the original Ultimate Universe was just like, what if the same characters but 30-some years later, right? Or 40 years later. Right, that was the idea of the original Mm -hmm. Ultimate Universe. Like, what if Peter Parker had a bad haircut? But he's still basically Peter Parker. What if Peter Parker and Uncle Ben both had bad haircuts? Yeah. What What if Uncle Ben was kind of a hippie? This is, what if Peter Parker never became Spider-Man? 
and became 35. Like, instead of being 15, he was 35. And then when he was 35, that's when he became Spider-Man. That's that's a wild premise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's still he's still Mary Jane or he's still married to Mary Jane. He has two kids who are named uh Richard and May. He works at the Daily Bugle, which is still run by J. Jonah Jameson, and his uncle Ben, who's not dead. And J. Jonah Jameson and Ben are basically like friends and business partners. So it totally kind of changes Jonah because he has a friend that like keeps him on the up and up. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, Also, May... Norman Osborne and Harry Osborne's mom are all dead, bec- but not because of the reasons they originally died. They're dead because, or well, May is still alive and Norman Osborne is still alive, but they're all dead because of an attack on New York that like changed everything in this universe, this ultimate universe, because of the Maker. It's all the Maker, you know, fucked everything up. Yeah, as he does. Yeah. So, like, you know how like you read Spider-Man comics when you're like 17 and you're like he's me. Mhm. Chris, I I I feel like you will read this Spider-Man comic where he's 35 and be like he's Matt. <laughs> so it's not it's not the hero that could be you. It's the hero that could be you specifically, Matt Wilson. He looks like me. All right, I gotta, I gotta see, I gotta see, I gotta open this up. Uh, Jonathan Hickman is writing. Marco Cicchetto is doing the art, and he's fan fucking tastic. The art in this book is so good. The way Mary Jane looks in this book, buddy, is, she does look like you, but right, wild, yeah. Uh, this book has so this second issue, he finally like is going around as Spider Man, but his costume's just all black. He runs into the Shocker, and Shocker looks totally different, but he's also instantly recognizable as Shocker, which is pretty and a pretty incredible feat. And my favorite thing about this is that both times Spider-Man runs into Shocker, Shocker like tricks him into having sympathy for him with some kind of sob story. That immediately gives him an opening to attack Spider-Man. Like, first he says, hey, you've convinced me that I shouldn't be a criminal. I'm going to change my ways. And then he attacks Spider-Man. And then the second time's like, I'm doing this to help my sick daughter. <laughs> Which is another lie. Uh, it's good. This book, I, I'm hype. I'm hype. For Ultimate Spider-Man. I cannot wait to read The Adventures of Ultimate Matt Wilson. That's very exciting to me. Yeah. I I don't have kids, so that part is different. But, uh... Lord have mercy, does this Peter Parker look like me? (laughs) I did hear that MJ's comedy special is great. Yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. 
the the way Marco Cicchetto draws MJ as just like always having like one strand of hair going across her face is so distinctive and so good. Like every character in this book is so visually distinctive and I love it. Like I love his version of Jonah, even though it's just Jonah. Um, yeah, it's great. It's, I love this take on ultimate Spider-Man more than I can tell you. Um, all right. One last book we're going to talk about is Batman number 144. Part three of Joker year one. And this is the issue where Chip Zdarsky does his version of Batman year one, Jim Gordon stuff. Yeah. It occurs to me reading this one, that this story, the way it's divided up is Chip is doing year one and Dark Knight Returns at the same time in the same comic. Well, he's doing Dark Knight Returns also in that Avengers book that he's doing, but yes. <laughs> yeah. But, like, this story's literally split between, like, an old Batman who's like, damn it. And he uh, rides a horse. You fool, and he rides a horse. Which, yeah. love it when Batman rides a horse. Uh, although that that is a Ben Affleck-looking Batman. He he looks so much like Ben Affleck. It's yeah. unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, like wild that he is doing all of that in the like, not just in the same series, in the same issue of a comic book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think when we were deciding what comics we wanted to talk about, uh, I you were just like, "What do you want to talk about for the third one?" And I was like, "Batman's wild," and you were like, "Batman is wild." It is. Uh, the the part that's said in the future where Joker says, I could have killed you whenever I wanted, but I didn't because I love you. And Batman says, I could have killed you whenever I wanted, but I didn't, even though I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> he might not have said the F-bomb, but like that's that's good. That's good comics, man. That's good. Batman and Joker writing. Yes. Like the Batman and Joker stuff is good. And in this issue, the Gordon stuff is fucking great. Yeah. Cause everybody in the GCPD at this point is completely corrupt. They're all part of the red hood gang. And Gordon's even been suspended over it. And he comes back to the station anyway and when it is absolutely clear that they're just like about to steal a bunch of drugs, that's when Gordon is just like, okay, fine. I cannot do this anymore. And uh, the reveal of like, when the commissioner is saying like, you cannot catch us. You, we will be right back to work Monday morning. Like nothing happened. You can't, there's nothing you can do to pin any of this on us. The cameras are off. <laughs> and then Gordon just goes, Oh, I turned the cameras back on. Yeah. I turned them on. <laughs> it's very, like, there are two really good Gordon reveals in this. I don't want to spoil the second one. Yeah. Buddy, it's fun. It's good stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Also, uh, the last page of this issue has uh, an example of one of my favorite things that happens whenever it happens. Uh huh. It's good. You talk about the locked door. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it in this. I like it in when uh, Bob Odenkirk does it. I like it when that dude does it in that uh, that one Kenny Rogers song. Uh huh. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Always works. Well, speaking of good stuff, the comics of Kel McDonald, who we are going to talk to right now. I would love to. Joining us for the program this week, we are very, very pleased, as we always are, to welcome back, I'm, I'm going to say, War Rocket Ajax All-Star, friend of the show, Kel McDonald, to talk to us about the new crowdfunding project on, that's right, Kickstarter.com, Murky Water. Kel, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, been busy, busy. Yeah. Is my mic working? The thingy is not being very <laughs> it is it's it's working we okay. just fine yeah all right it is just like because you guys got big um like registers of sound whereas i'm getting only little ones i'll take our listeners behind the curtain this is all staying in huh oh yeah <laughs> okay when we record on zencaster there's a visible waveform of all the speech that you can see as you record sometimes the waveform doesn't come up at all which is concerning but every time that has happened it's recorded just fine but okay that's good whether your whether your waveform is big or small it doesn't matter as long as we can hear each other because before i send the episode out to everyone i run it through some post production software that levels everybody out Okay, good. Yeah. I was just worried that it wasn't getting picked up at all, uh, but... It is. If if we can hear you, we're good, good, good to good. go. This is how much you've been on the show, is you now get these conversations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've also the... podcasted in the past, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, you can you can join the production meetings here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that would, that would be I, great. I've made several I'll, I'll attempts honest, to start my own podcast, and... They always fall apart. Uh, So you really are a true podcaster. Yes. I have a fancy mic and everything. Uh, Kel, I do want to say, I know that you have been on the show a lot. And I know that because, uh, do, do you know Ted Anderson? No, I don't think I do. Right. Okay. So... Uh, Ted and I were, uh, were having dinner the other night and I mentioned something that you had said to me. I don't remember what, uh, but Ted goes, oh, that's, so, that's totally such a Kel McDonald thing. And I was <laughs> like, I had it in my, in my head. I'm like, I don't think you two know each other. Well, they, you've just uh, been on this show I, a lot. <laughs> I do. Uh, I've been streaming on Twitch Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. Um, and then I do 
Iron Circus stream on Thursdays. So they might listen to those. See, the, but... you, you heard it here first, folks. Kel McDonald says podcasts are dead and Twitch streams are now. Well, no, no, no. Because, see, all my podcasts fell apart because no one wanted to edit them. So if we do them live, then we don't have to edit them. I can That's... sympathize with not wanting to edit podcasts. <laughs> oh, I mean, I can too now. Not for the first several years, like 10-ish years of this show. But having having edited the first uh, uh, grip of Apocryphal's episodes... That takes time. It is it is a it is a task for sure. So, what have you been doing on Twitch, Kill? Uh, drawing. Uh, so basically, draw um, uh, my comic, um, the city between or whatever else is due. I do the pencils um, in Clip Studio, and um, so I'm drawing and talking to people because I am bad at like talking to the chat. Um, mm-hmm. especially if the chat is quiet. So I usually have a friend on and we just talk about whatever the fuck we want for two hours while I draw a page. So usually it's whatever TV shows, uh, I'm watching or books I'm reading or whatever. So what what have been the recent highlights as far as, uh, as delicious and dungeon is great. Um, yes, I have also uh, been watching that lately. It's very fun. Matt, have you seen delicious and dungeon? I have not. I have not. You, you should watch Delicious and Dungeon. It's pretty good, Matt. I think you'd enjoy it. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's a cartoon. It is. It's, uh, <laughs> it is an anime on Netflix. One of them, uh, one of them uh, Japanese cartoons. <laughs> I I don't know anything about it. I I will go. Uh, it's go so they're like a D and D dungeon exploring group. And um, they don't got money for food supplies, so they decide they're going to eat the monsters in the dungeon. So it's like, um, we killed a cockatrice, and we're going to make fried chicken out of the cockatrice. Okay, um, that does sound fun. It, it actually is very fun, because they, they meet a guy who's, like, super into it. Yep. It's very enjoyable. Yeah, it's, it's real okay. good. Um, so yeah, so every episode is like what monster they fought and then what their food they're going to make out of that monster. If you could eat any fantasy monster, any D&D monster, what would you eat, Kel? So I really like sushi. So when they, uh, kill all the knife fishes, um, I feel like those would probably taste good. Um, any sort of fish monster would probably taste good. You could get a you get a whole like conveyor belts worth out of like a kraken. Yeah. Well, see, I don't really like the texture of octopus or squid, so um, that's why I was like the knife fishes seemed more appealing. Um, I do not eat octopus. I will eat squid, but I do not eat octopus. Yeah. For me, it's just it's I don't smart. like the texture of either. Matt, what about you? What uh, what monster would you eat? Well, Chris, you answer first. What 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 would be your your choice of? I I don't know. I I bet I bet a gelatinous cube is delicious. Isn't it made of like acid? It deals acid damage. <laughs> <laughs> but you but, but, but you if know you I think I like... about it, Matt. A lot of um, 
fruits that we like are acidic. Um, that's true. Yeah. Citric acid is a thing. That's yes. That is true. Put some. Put you know, basically lime jello. Right. Right. But but the size of a a, t- a ten foot cube. Well, my answer of a D and D creature that I would eat is a creature that is in the uh, Dungeons and Dragons monster manual. Uh, it it is known to exist. Cow. <laughs> Matt, that's I. Matt, that is that is in keeping with your bits. <laughs> but but I'm not I'm not gonna let you get away with that. One, <laughs> I mean, I do like the idea of frying up cockatrice like it's chicken. I mean, that sounds good. Ellen and I are over here in the space playing. Mm-hmm. And and you need to you need to yes and that. I'm a rebel. I'm a <laughs> Um an- another thing that I have asked people that are guest starred on my Twitch that uh I did warn Chris that I was gonna ask the- both of you on the show. Uh it's a very important question. If you were a Pokemon gym leader, what type of gym would you have and what would your team be? I've been thinking about this for when did you ask me about four hours ago? So I've been thinking about this for like four hours. <laughs> so Matt, if you want to take some time to gather your thoughts, I'll go. I'll go through my thought process. Okay, thanks. Because I I was not. This is a pop quiz for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, well, I think it's, uh, it's Matt. I didn't that, know if you how how into Pokemon you were. So uh, um, I, I was. Yeah. I I know a little bit about it now. I I went out of my way to not learn about it for a long time. Long time listeners of the show know the reason why. Uh, go ahead, Chris. I my initial thought was fighting type mm-hmm. that I could be a fighting type gym leader because I think there's a lot of fighting type Pokemon that I like. I would obviously like set it up as a as a a wrestling arena. And I could have like Halucha, and uh, I, I love Pangaro, who's a fighting type. Uh, I believe Beware is one of my favorites, who's a fighting type. Yep. But then I like I was thinking, and for some reason, as much as I like those Pokemon, that didn't feel right to me. And I love Bulbasaur, but I don't feel like I, I don't feel like like you don't want to be a Grass type gym. Grass type gym is gonna get dog walked immediately. By the, the, the worst gym would be a bug gym or an ice gym. Egg type. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so don't want to do that. Normal type's not strong against anything and is weak to fighting. So I don't want to do normal type. Well even no, no, because no, like, normal type can't get hurt by ghost. Normal type can't get hurt by ghosts, but they're not strong against anything. Right. Normal moves um, aren't super effective. But all normal types learn bite and other dark moves that can fuck up a ghost. Um, but continue. <laughs> so you're saying Snorlax. I, there, was a, there was a great TikTok I saw where uh, a guy was talking about how uh, normal types are weak to fighting. And he just liked to imagine a Snorlax leaning against a Ford F-150 saying... I don't think nobody could fuck me up, man. Except <laughs> unless they knew karate. <laughs> and I think about that all the time. And I also love the idea that that 
that same Snorlax like, I'm gonna fuck up a ghost. Yep. So maybe that. Just a chill, normal type. But weirdly enough, the one that I kind of landed on was Ghost. I think I could have a lot of fun being a Ghost-type Pokemon Master. A, and, a Ghost leader. What would your team be? Uh, First, straight up, the absolute boy, the lad, the, the boss ghost, Gengar. Mm-hmm. My main dog. Uh, Litwick. Because I like Litwick. I think Litwick's adorable. Uh, I would throw, let's see, n- no legendaries, right? Yeah, no legendaries. That's that's the one rule. Litwick's a little candle, for those of you who don't know. And the, the candle is, the flame is purple because it's burning your soul. Uh, I would, let's see, Gengar, Litwick. I might have to look up, I, I had some in my head, but I didn't write anything down is the problem. So I can't have Giratina, the <laughs> devil, which yeah, is what I would you, really want. You can't have the devil. Uh, Golurk is a good one. And uh, I, oh, uh, uh, Mimikyu. Mm-hmm. That's four. Uh, Aegislash is ghost type. And uh, I'm, I'm going to round it out with a, a Phantom. Because I like Phantom. Good, good, good. Those good choices. Yeah. I have a tattoo of Honedge, so Aegislash would be like my my ace in the hole. So I would be a dark gym leader. Oh, so you're just, co- you're just coming at me. Well, there's you're a just, logic like, to Curse, it. And it's basically, so my favorite evolution is Espeon, but I don't like that many psychic Pokemon. So my second favorite was Umbreon. So that was the starting point, is I want Umbreon as my ace. Um, okay. and, uh, then, um, I was like, okay, dark is weak against fairy and fighting. So I need to counter those. Um, so I picked Grim Snarl cause he's dark fairy. And then I picked King Gambit because that's dark steel. King Gambit? Yeah. He's like the little like- pawn guy turns into the bishop and then in sword and shield. Now he has a king form. Like, like, like they're King Rima Lebo? They're, ch- they're chess themed, so. Uh, I did not like I a, didn't know that, uh, that Bisharp had a. I guess it's Bisharp. Yeah, it's, it was added Bisharp. in um, Sword and Shield. Oh man, that dude looks cool as hell. Yeah. Um, so, with that, I was like, okay, Steel is weak against Fire, so I need to fuck up Fire somehow. So I had a Tyranitar, because he's Dark Rock. Um, and then I picked um, Houndoom, because Houndoom's cool. Houndoom and is then, very cool. Um, Steel and Fire are weak against Water, so I was like, I need a Dark Grass, so I picked Meowskerade. That's, that's, that's pretty good. That's, yeah. I like that you approached this with strategy, and I was like, just vibes. <laughs> Matt, do you have uh, any thoughts? Well, if I was going to stay on brand, I would choose grass. <laughs> but you'd also have coughing in there. I always like grass starters the best. Uh, but Chris said no to grass. 
So it's a lot listen, of Listen, it's better than bug and ice. So you, you didn't <laughs> say the worst ones. Everyone knows I, that those are the worst ones. Um, I, I think from a strategic point of view, I think I would go poison. It's a good one. That's, that's interesting, Matt. I have no idea who my team would be, though. That also, like, I, that you, that fits you, having yeah. a poison type, Jim. Yeah, I, I do know that when I play one of my hard games that Chris doesn't like, mm-hmm. um, I love to get weapons that have poison effects uh, that, like, chip away at, at, uh, at enemies and bosses. Good, so, good. Seems see that seems appropriate for me. All right, yeah. here's here's who Matt's here's who's on Matt's team. All right, uh, okay. uh, number one, obviously, wheezing, wheezing. I thought would be worth having. Yeah, right. Because you, you you know you know the grassman Matt Wilson's getting smoked out. Uh huh. <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have. Uh, Harrison and Eleanor, a.k.a. Needle King and Needle Queen. Sure. So, the thing is, is so this is to counter Chris's vibes with strategy. Uh. <laughs> I don't appreciate this. <laughs> I do like the name Okidogi. That's a great name for a Pokemon. Poison is weak against ground and psychic. So, so you're um, saying that needs a dark Pokemon and a water Pokemon. Okay. So Drapion and Toxapex. Good, good that's ones. T- that's two pretty good choices, yeah. I gotta say. Uh, Gengar is Ghost Poison though. So me and me and me and the the boss G are gonna just ha- have to have to go hard, I guess. <laughs> Also, you like grass, and a lot of the grass Pokemon are also poison Pokemon. Um, That's true. So, so it does fit. It still fits. Yeah. It still yeah. works. Perfect. You could have Bulbasaur. That's true. Bulbasaur is in there. Yeah. Bulbasaur number one in the Pokedex, number one in our hearts. They only give the blue ribbon first place. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Kel, what other fun games have you brought us to play? <laughs> Um, well, I, I do want to give you some of other people I've asked this as answers. Um, Bones Leopard, who, uh, Chris, you briefly played Don't Starve together with me and Bones. Uh, Mm -hmm. Bones also wants a ghost gym. And you have a very similar lineup. Um, it's like half of the same Pokemon that you picked. Uh, so, uh, Bones also loves Gengar. Gengar's uh, great. Yeah, because Gengar's the best. Um, uh, uh, Bones also said uh, Agri Slash. Um, g- uh, Bones said Chandelure, so grown up um, uh, the candle one. Litwick. Um, I, I, Bones- like, I, I like the whole line, but I think Litwick, like, I picked Litwick because it is very cute, and I can draw it. Yeah. One of the uh, few things I can draw. Bones also picked um, Palisand because they like uh, the little haunted sandcastle. Right. And they went with Palisand Bramblegast. Palisand would be the best concept Pokemon. Yeah. And then they went with Bramblegast. 
and then they went with Fluttermane, which is like the primal um, version of um, Mistrevious. Because um, in the new game, like they did a bunch of Paradox Pokemon. Yeah. Some good answers. That's a good lineup. Yeah. Uh, other stuff that I've asked people on uh, my stream is, what do you think the difference between sci-fi and fantasy is? There's no wrong answer. That's another good question. That's a trickier question, question than you think. Because I think people's knee-jerk reaction to that has to do with, like, time setting. But there's lots of sci-fi that's set in the past and fantasy set in the future. Uh, so, yeah. In- interesting. Interesting. What's that? What's that one they made into a Netflix series where it's like elves and trolls and everything, but like, like later on you like a guy's just like, hey, check this out. It's called a gun. <laughs> so that wasn't a Netflix series. That was on the CW first, um, and it's the Chronicles of Shandar or something like that. Sh- Shanara, right? Yeah, it's based yeah. off a book series and. The book series, it's like a twist halfway through that they're in a post-apocalyptic setting. Um, because since it's all described from the main character's point of view, it's like, oh, the witch clapped her hands and then a glass ball filled with light. And it's like, once you get the reveal rereading it, it's like, that was just a clap-on lamp. Like Amazing. That's yeah. like, that it's is a, writing it's- I genuinely admire. It was risky to make a, a series based on the 1950s tribute band Shanana, but I, <laughs> you know what, I, 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 I'll allow it. Do 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 Matt, what do you think the difference is between sci-fi and fantasy? Well, I think there is such a thing as sci-fi fantasy, which complicates things. Okay. Like Star Wars is sci-fi fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but. If if I had to like really draw a line, I think I would say that where fantasy has magic, sci-fi has technology. Um, for me, I think it is more fantasy if it's running on metaphor rather than hard rules. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Here's what I think my actual answer is. Guns. Guns? If you have guns, you're sci-fi. So Harry Dresden's sci-fi character? Yes. Dune is sci-fi. Star Wars is sci-fi. But but Conan is fantasy. (laughs) I... Hmm. That's interesting. I... I think if your guns are powered by magic, you're fantasy. If your guns are powered, are technological, you're sci-fi. If you have guns and they're, like, commonplace, like, you can have, like, like, you can have, like, rare arcane guns, and that's still fantasy. Because that's what I do in D&D. 
Like, yeah. like pistols exist in my D&D world. Cannons exist in my D&D games. And I still think of that as fantasy. But if, like, you could just go get one, then that's sci-fi. So you're both in agreement. Harry Dresden is a prominent sci-fi character. Uh, depends on how you define prominent, but yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I yeah. mean, hmm. I don't know that I would call Harry Dresden fantasy. It's that's a urban a, that's, fantasy, which is urban just fantasy, fantasy also cars. complicates things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of gray area between sci-fi and fantasy. That's why like, I said there's no right answer. Um, yeah. It's it's all all these answers are vibes based, um, for sure, and are <laughs> up vibes. to the individual. And that's why they're a fun discussion. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars. Here's the thing about Star Wars. Star Wars has both guns and swords. Yes. Which I think mm-hmm. is what makes it sci-fi fantasy. I think a, a big part of fantasy is also creatures, whereas sci-fi is more likely to have like robots and aliens. But but aliens are just creatures, Matt. But they're more humanoid, typically. Um, have either of you seen the movie Sorry to Bother You? Yes. Yes. Is that sci-fi or fantasy? That's sci-fi. That's documentary. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's like a magical element to it, though, right? It's certainly magical realism. I mean, snorting the drugs does the thing that's the spoiler that I don't know if the audience would want this spoiled. But um, yeah, uh, it, it is like if you snort this drug, then it will happen. But um but there isn't like a scientific explanation for the drug. The drug is just a thing that exists. Yeah, i i think it I think it rides the line. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's Kevin, why I brought though, it up. Uh, yeah. I I don't think you're. I, I'm not saying this is wrong because again, like I th- I think you're right. I I think it's it's very vibes based. But you would say that Star Wars is fantasy, not sci-fi. Yes. Because it's because it operates more on metaphor. Yes. Interesting. Because again, don't think you're wrong, but also people got guns. Mm-hmm. It also means that I would put everything written by Brandon Sanderson in sci-fi. Mm. Yeah. Elves are fantasy. Vulcans are sci-fi. Although. Kind of functionally the same? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or- orcs are fantasy, Klingons are sci fi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> swords are fantasy, laser swords are sci fi. This is very easy. I don't know <laughs> what the problem is. But I like, like uh, recently there was an article going around where someone said the difference between fantasy and sci fi, and it lists the properties of a fantasy book. Uh, and the properties properties of a sci-fi book. The joke being that the list is the same until you get to the end, where on fantasy it says sometimes there are horses, and then in sci-fi it says sometimes there are robots. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm trying to think of the sci-fi equivalent of a dragon, and it's like a sentient ball of gas. Well, that depends on what role the dragon 
is playing. Yeah. Like, is True. the dragon the, like, you know, Mode immortal of being? Is it the fighter jet? Is it the... Is it a nuclear uh, bomb? Threat? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good good point. Dragon can serve a lot of different storytelling purposes. Dang, AC read those uh, Temerar books that Naomi Novik wrote mm-hmm. that uh, that have dragons and guns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn, those are not sci-fi. Hmm. <laughs> This is tough. Kel, this is tough. This is interesting. Well, this, this you know is a philosophical what point. is a fantasy book that is set in a futuristic setting? Is My it, comet is, Murky it, Water that is kickstarting yeah. right now. Uh, yes. There we go. <laughs> yes. Pulling it, it out. It, Clutch. One minute left of the interview. <laughs> I, I have I have I have one more point to make about fantasy versus sci-fi that also ties into our Pokemon discussion that can also tie into the discussion yeah. of murky water. Fantasy is vibe. Sci-fi is strategy. Interesting. So Star Wars would still be would still be fantasy. Dune would still be sci-fi. Well, Star Wars is both because you create a strategy, but th- you, there's a strategy to destroy the Death Star, and then it's actually destroyed by vibes. Hmm. Hmm. You know, Matt, I think you might be onto something. Kel, tell us yeah. about Murky Water. Which, by the way, I think it's a very, a very interesting question from you because you have prominently done both and mixtures of. I haven't done that much sci-fi. Well, which one does Murky Water fall under? It's all metaphors. Uh, werewolves are the proletariat yeah. and um, vampires are <laughs> the 1%. And... Uh, <laughs> It's all metaphor. Um, while, while there is underlying strategy in the world building, um, the main stories are metaphor. So uh, it's the fourth book in this, my webcomic series, The City Between, which is about gay werewolves in the future. It's a future where uh, everyone takes public transit and horses have gone extinct, so I don't have to draw either. Um, so there's so there's the vibes based. It's vibes based on what I like to draw. Um and uh, Murky Water in particular is about um, two detectives looking into a guy who drowned in his basement. I mean, he drowned in his living room. And while they very quickly find out who the killer is, the problem is proving that the killer is the killer because the murder weapon is magic water. Um, so it's not a whodunit, it's a how do we prove it. Interesting. So, 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 more in the vein of Columbo, where yeah. you know who done it. Yeah. Well, even the detectives know who done it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Columbo knows who done it too. Does he know immediately though? Know. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when when you when Columbo when Columbo is on the scene, that is several days into Columbo's investigation. Okay. I've only seen a couple episodes of Columbo. I do need to watch more Columbo. Um, oh, Kel, you've got to watch Columbo. Yeah, uh, I just signed up for Tubi, and it's all on there. So uh, it's on the list of things i got to watch. Uh, yeah. First, I'm going to finish watching Better Call Saul. Columbo's a great show to have on 
while you're doing something else. Although sometimes you will have to stop and pay attention and like pay close attention. But anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So murky water is all about proving who done it rather than figuring out who done it. All right. And uh, not only can people get murky water by going to uh, Kickstarter, but they can also get all of your other comics. If they're if they are somehow new to War Rocket Ajax and new to Kel McDonald and you want to catch up, they're all on there. They're all on there. There's there's one that isn't on there. Misfits of Avalon isn't on there because the first volume is almost out of print. Um But everything else is. And people should absolutely do that. I mean it is uh it's five bucks. I'm looking at it right now. Kel, that's ridiculous. Five bucks? For a PDF. Yeah. This it's a hundred and twenty page book. Yep. It's also free to read online. Um I keep trying to get uh your Discord to cover uh one of my books in their like monthly book club. Uh no takers so far. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Look, they got to they got to do one of ours first. <laughs> they haven't they haven't done any of ours either. So, until they do that. It's 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 us first, then friends of the show, then Mark Grunwald. <laughs> That's what it should have been. They did. They did uh uh Squadron Supreme. So they've done yeah, the but, Mark- they did, but not they didn't do ours first. <laughs> yeah, you, you hecked up Discord listeners. Just kidding. We, y- y- y'all are all right. Kel, I love that you come on the show and you bring questions for us. It's truly delightful. But now I think it's time that we get some more questions for you from our listeners, right. including people on that very same Discord server. Matt, if people want to get in on asking questions to guests like Kel McDonald. How exactly can they go about that? Well, Chris, first of all, you need to read all three of our books. Chris is everything Chris has written, everything I've written, and everything Kel has made. And then, only then, only once you've achieved that, sign up for an account on Blue Sky. Uh, we're on Blue Sky at warrocketajax.bsky.social. Follow us there and wait for us to put out the call for questions there. Or, alternately, join our Discord. Ask one of us for an invitation to our Discord. And uh, we will gladly provide you with one if you're nice about it. And uh, you can sign up there and and join. And uh, go to our listener questions channel on Discord and ask a question for our guest there as well. And... uh, how about a question from our Discord for Kel McDonald from WC Wit? And uh, WC wants to know how do, how murky does water have to be before it's just mud? When you can't see through the water, that's when it's mud. Asked and answered. Our friend Ben over on Blue Sky, Franz Ferdinand Two, wants to know what's everyone's favorite comics sound effect. Kel, do you have a favorite sound effect? 
I really like um, Banff. That's a really good one. Nightcrawler's teleport sound effect. That's real yeah. good. Like that's thinking about sound effects for people teleporting is really hard. So whoever came up with Banff, A plus. It's the perfect sound effect for what that is. Yeah. Chris, do you have a favorite? I feel like you and me probably have the same favorite, Matt. Because uh, what is what's your guess? Thwip. Yeah, it's Thwip. Mine is also yeah. Thwip. Yeah. Like, in terms of, like, general sound effects where, like, you you know what that's the sound of, Thwip. Uh, in terms of, like, specific sound effects, like, you know, th- that time that uh, Surtur used the Burning Galaxy to forge the Sword of Twilight, and it was just Doom, and that was the title of the issue and the sound effect and what was about to happen, that rules. Um, I, I like I like Krekka Doom a lot there, when that is used. So because I've been because uh, I now edit manga for Seven Seas, um, uh, Japanese sound effects run more on vibes than actually trying to replicate a sound. Um, so there's a sound effect that whenever it's supposed to be like ominous music in the background, and they use it frequently, it gets translated to. Doom, 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 doom. That's pretty good. I really love the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure menacing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess that's what Todd McFarlane... Todd McFarlane had been reading some manga before. <laughs> doing uh, sp- un, uh, uh, adjectiveless Spider-Man number one, 1990. Hey, Todd, I know you're out there. Uh, you can have this one for free. Sponga. <laughs> Sponga. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, all right. Here's another question from our Discord. Uh, Renegade Dope Dog, true name, wants to know, what's your favorite werewolf song? I actually don't think I know that many werewolf songs. Like, obviously, there's werewolf in London. Yeah. Um... Uh, Brad, who is the renegade dope dog, uh, gives their favorite as Wolf Like Me so the by thing TV is, on the radio. Is, like, some of the songs that, like, in my heart, they're werewolf songs, are actually just about wolves or referencing wolves. Um, like, I do really like the Little Red, Hey There, Little Red Riding Hood song. Um, but that's about like being the big bad wolf in a fairy tale. Um, and um, I have a couple of covers of hungry, like a wolf, um, but yeah. So it's hard to pin down werewolf specific ones. Yeah. Matt, do Chris, you have a favorite uh, werewolf song? Yeah. Uh, I also like wolf like me a lot by TV on the radio. Do you have a favorite one, Chris? Well, I I had to ask you first because I I didn't want to steal your answer. Okay, but uh, this comes from a conversation that you and I have had. It's uh, "Stay Fly" by Three Six Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Paul is a dog. One, one you do not, not trust. trust. Yes, he's a werewolf, my dude. Uh, I I just googled werewolf songs and. Surprisingly, Google brought up a lot of options. Uh, 
because Google sucks now, but this this came up with some good ones. Uh, Howl by Florence and the Machine. I was a teenage werewolf by the Cramps. Bark at the Moon, Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, Run with the Wolf by Rainbow. There's there's some good ones. All right, our next question is from uh, Stone Cold HCC, an account that exists only to ask questions on more Rocket Ajax. Stone Cold asks, Dennis the Menace, threat or menace? Menace is right in his name. That's true. His cousin Brett, though? Look out. <laughs> well, that uh, one got that one got you, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a it was a thinker. Uh I'm just Patrick O'D on our Discord says, Kel, given that murky water. Hang on, is, hang on, hang on, hang on. Who is that, Matt? I'm just Patrick O'D. Who is that? I'm reading the name as given. Yeah, but who is it, Matt? It's Patrick O'Duffy, the boss dog. Thank you. Uh, Patrick O'Duffy wants to know, Kel, Kel, given that murky water is set in New Mott Law, can we expect werewolves to play a part in this mystery, or is an indica- is this an indicator that you're heading in a new swamp monster-focused direction? Uh, it's all werewolves all the way down. Um, uh, the, the non-werewolf supernatural creature is one that's a term I made up. Um, called Thaumanip, which is short for Thaumaturgic Manipulator. Um, and they can control water. There's no swamp things, sorry. That that might be a later story. <laughs> American Radass on Blue Sky. <laughs> Zach wants to know, Kel, was Bloody Roar a good fighting game? Kel, do you have any familiarity with the Bloody Roar series of games? I think I played it when I was like 10. Um, but I don't have many memories of it, so I'm sorry. I cannot properly judge it. I mean, I think that means it's it wasn't good, if you don't remember it. I also didn't play a lot of fighting games. It was like that in Mortal Kombat. Like, so... Uh, I'm not good at the fighting games. Fair enough. Uh, Snowily A Summers from our Discord asks, Kel, I like your Buffy books. Parental Parasite is on my coffee table right now. As a noted werewolf fan, do you think that Oz was positive werewolf representation? So I like Oz as a character, and he is my favorite character in Buffy, but it is not because he's a werewolf. I actually think the werewolves in the Buffyverse are kind of lame. Um, and not super interesting, which is why they don't get used a lot. Uh, but Oz was my favorite character because he is the only one that talks about emotional boundaries and like communicates to people when he has a problem, um, which is why he had to leave the show because that's counterintuitive to how Josh Whedon writes plots. But yeah, uh, I'm kind of so-so on werewolves and Buffy, but Oz is my favorite character. All right. Uh, Tom, any all from our Discord, wants to know, what are the challenges involved in writing a mystery story in a fantasy world? Well, so the problem is, is that um, there is 
if a key to the mystery is a world building thing, um, you can't, it makes it, so I think a good mystery is when the reader can figure out the mystery, maybe like a couple of pages before the reveal. Um, because then, um, the reader isn't like, come on, figure it out already while the main characters stumble through stuff. Um, but if they figure it out slightly beforehand, then they get to feel smart. Um, like ideally they figure it out right before they turn the page and it's revealed. Um, so, uh, the problem with fantasy stuff is if a magic thing that needs to be explained to the audience is key to the mystery. You have to make sure that they know that beforehand. Um, which is why the conflict in murky water isn't a whodunit. It's a, how do we prove it? Because the, how do we prove it is not going to involve magical means. It's about like tricking the person who has magic to be on camera or be more public. Um, which I think, um, makes, is easier to do in a fantasy world. You could sidestep some of those, yeah. some of those problems about, I like, actually think, um, part of the success of Game of Thrones slash A Song of Ice and Fire is that the first season slash first book are basically a murder mystery. So, um, that is why it's easier for the, uh, someone who isn't a fantasy fan to jump in because all the world building info dump shit is actually evidence for the murder mystery. So that makes the reader invested because they want to try to figure out the murder. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, this is going to be our last question. This comes from Chris Kaiser who says living room drownings aside, what's the most potentially deadly room in your home? Uh, I think the kitchen, there's a lot of dangerous shit in the kitchen. I think there's actual proof that the kitchen is the most dangerous room in the home. (laughs) You you think, you think the room where you keep knives and fire might be a little dangerous. The only room that's, Potentially more dangerous is the bathroom. Because you slip and you hit your head on something hard. Um, That's where I keep my auxiliary knives and fire. (laughs) (laughs) Well, water is very dangerous. And there's more water in the bathroom than anywhere else. The fire in the water, Matt. You and me. (laughs) (laughs) Our guest has been Kel McDonald. Kel, it is... Always a blast to have you on the show. It's always just like a fun, chill hangout, and I love it. Uh, but please let all our listeners know where they can find your stuff. Let's uh, let's get the business out there. All my stuff is at kelmcdonald.com. That links to all my social medias, but I hate social media. Um, so actually right now, most of my social media is updated by a social media assistant I hired to update it for me. The only one I'm actually on is Blue Sky. Um, and um, even that is more sporadic. Uh, so that's made promoting my Kickstarter very hard. Um, 
so please go check it out at kickstarter.com. Um, and um, I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash McDonald. You can follow me there and hear me bring up questions for uh, friends to answer, like what Pokemon gym would you run? And what's the difference between sci-fi and fantasy? Um, so those are the important places to find me. Kel, thank you for coming onto the show. Please come back and bring us more fun questions to answer. Anytime. Thanks once again to Kel McDonald for joining us. Always a joy to have them on the show. Always. Always for sure. I think that wraps us up. I think it does, Matt. Good show, good time, good talk this week. Agreed. I had fun. And I hope all of you listening had fun as well. Uh, If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at our email address, which is warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can let us know if you want to sponsor the show or drop us a line about, you know, anything, anything you want. Uh, Make a uh, a recommendation for a comics catch up or send in every story ever list, even though I don't think we're ever going to do any of those again that aren't line stepper lists. <laughs> but uh, drop us a line at our email. Let us know what you think of the show. Um, you can also follow us on Blue Sky, Warrock at Ajax.bsky.social. We are on Tumblr, warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. Or ask us in any of those places for an invitation to our Discord, uh, which is uh, a very active community of fans of the show who uh, who are chatting all the time. And uh, you can you can go pe- be a part of that too. Our website is warrocketajax.com. It's a, it has every episode of the show that we've ever done. Warrocketwiki.com is the fan-run repository of all the information you would ever ask for about this show, War Rocket Ajax. If you want to find me and my stuff, you can go to mattdwilson.net to find links to my comics, my books, my other podcasts, and my social medias. Chris, where can people find you? Everybody can find me by going to the-isb.com. That is my website, and it has links to everything that I do. But mostly, it's just here. Yeah, come back here. Come back here. Come back here next week. We will have another great show. It might be, I, I don't know for sure. I got to check the calendar. But uh, it might it might be Thor's Day next week. Might be. When might we're be. recording. So we'll see. It is certainly Leap Day when we record. Oh, yeah. And you know yeah. who loves to leap? The Odin Superman. <laughs> Him too. That's, that's Clark Kent's birthday. Oh, that's right. Shit. Yeah. It feels like maybe we should do something special about that, but we're probably going to read Thor. <laughs> probably going to read Thor. But you know what? We'll be here in another in another four years with, with Warlock HX number seven, number 800 on Leaf Day 2028. 20, because these are the chains we have forged in life. Folks, join us then, but do not forget, in the meantime... That black lives matter. Trans rights are human rights. As are abortion rights. Drag is not a crime. And cops aren't your friends. But we love you. 
We love you. Yeah!